I think one of the best practices is that you should have had a season or a time where you've done it, right? So if you actually have the ability to do it and you've kind of set the framework, like this is generally how I would like it to be done. I'm not saying it can't be done better and you're not going to bring a COO that says, oh, Dr. Pete, I took what you did and I made it great. I want that, right? We want them to take what we do and make it better. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Hey, if you are jumping into the tail end of this amazing series we've just done on the board meetings and now into the individual quarterly reviews, I'm just going to encourage you, make sure you double back and check out what we just did in the last four episodes where we've unpacked the the keys to creating focused and accountability for your teams in a quarterly rhythm where you get everybody on the team together to get full chime in and buy-in around vision casting, product and process goal setting, and the marketing machine. That's all done collectively as a team. Today, what we're going to focus on is the meeting that follows that immediately where we do it individually and we make sure we get that individual buy-in from everybody in the team and we sign off on what's important now and what's important next. Yeah, I think you talk about all the time, you know, landing the plane. And this one's going to be a really important episode because we're actually talking about your individual players and your team. And we know, I know, you know, I think we all agree there's no shot. We got no shot without our team. We we just got no shot at hitting our goals and having a bigger impact and making a bigger impact income and, and having a more remarkable practice and a remarkable life. It's literally not possible without, without our team. So Dr. Steven, I mean, this is the rubber. This is about as, as much of rubber hitting the road conversation as we could have. I mean, this boils down to the relationships that you have with the people on your team. When we talk about the individual quarter of the review. This is a, such a best practice doc. And, you know, again, we're going to tell you some stories probably today, how we screwed this up and how to not do it. And then maybe give you some thoughts on, you know, ways that you can make this better. And, you know, in our remarkable CEO program, we teach that this is actually a meeting rhythm that's owned by another player on your team. So whether this is being done by you, done with you or done for you, wherever this lands, today's conversation is going to be extremely valuable because it comes down to the most important thing, which is the human beings that you work with on your team, the working capital, the real people who are exchanging their time, their energy, and their focus for the money that you that you pay them. But I think for most of us, it's more than that. I think we'd all agree that if we do this right, meaning we get the right person in the right role, doing the right work, doing it the right way, that this becomes a remarkable meeting. This becomes an awesome time to connect and to evaluate and to plan and prepare with the individuals on your team. So Dr. Steven, this discussion today about the individual quarterly reviews is just so powerful. Yeah. You know, Dr. Pete, we were talking about scratching our own itch a couple of episodes ago. Like that's how all of this content and really our, all of our remarkable practice systems just came from like us trying to solve the problems that we were facing every day in practice, every week, every month, every quarter, this one, man, I'll be honest with you. I used to just suck at these, right? So quarterly reviews, I used to dread them. I mean, it was literally the worst thing for me to do. I was like, man, every quarter having to sit down with somebody and it, because I was, I didn't know what we were supposed to be covering. I wasn't really clear as exactly what we were trying to accomplish 
I started looking at them as what they became, which was it's like an opportunity to get together with somebody awkwardly, hoping that they weren't going to quit, <laughs> you know, knowing they were probably going to ask for a raise because they survived another 90 days in our practice. And, you know, because you didn't know what else to talk about, it was this really kind of wonky conversation of like, so it's uh, been 90 days already. Wow. And it was either we've really had a great quarter or we've really been off target and, and was, yeah, is that a new shirt? Have you lost weight? Did you get a haircut? <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here? And they got so bad, to be honest with you, I stopped doing them. They were so bad. There was, I hated doing them. They were really stressful for before, during, and awkward after. I knew I was just teeing myself up for like a complaint session. Either I was going to do the complaining or they were going to do the complaining or both. And then, of course, it was going to end with the big windup of I need a raise. <laughs> right? So, man, Dr. Pete, for me, this was when we dialed this in and we got this right, I recognized, oh, my gosh, if I could just get those years back. Because what I had done is not only had I let a business underperform, we weren't near our potential because we didn't have the level of clarity and accountability that comes out of these meetings, but even more so, how many relationships went sideways simply because we didn't have a point of connection. We didn't have that point of connection where I could take the pulse on how they were doing as a human being. Didn't have a pulse of where they were in their position. Were they overwhelmed or were they bored? right? Did they need less to do or more to do? Did they need something different to do, right? So where there was some level of feedback, they didn't have clarity around what a win looks like. We hadn't set them up for success, teed them up for success, told them what to focus on. Man, Dr. Pete, as soon as we dialed this in, this is where the practice not only grew, but it became easy and awesome. Yeah. I would say for me, I can relate with you as far as, you know, not knowing really what to do in those meetings and all of that and having the dread. So maybe some of you can relate with Dr. Steven and even me, and I'm just going to share a little bit too, which is, so at first I was batting zero. I was batting zero. I'm a big baseball fan. So I like looking at stats and stuff like that, tracking players and what they're doing. And, you know, when you're zero batting zero, that means you haven't hit either. You haven't gone up to bat or, You've been up to bat, but you have not got a hit yet. You have your batting zero early in the season. Some people are. Here's the deal. For the first bunch of years, I didn't even do them. I bat, my batting average was zero. I didn't even do it. It didn't meet with my team individually on a quarterly basis. It didn't even happen. I wasn't told to do it. I had no idea I should do it. I wouldn't have known how to do it. Nobody had ever done it with me. So didn't do it. Some of you, you don't do it. Hey. Been there, done that. I will say that, you know what that felt a lot like? The Dr. Pete show. That's what that felt like. It felt like, hey, I'll just do it. <laughs> Meaning, I'll do it. Like, whatever it takes. If it's going to happen, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> the CEO, the chief everything officer, right? <laughs> chief everything officer, which is unsustainable and unhealthy. So, been there, done that. Then it was, you know, I did him, but they didn't happen consistently. So then the next season of my career was, I think we need to do this. Perfect. So we did it once. How was it? Like you said, eh, it was not great, but I think it was good. We should do it again. All right. But I didn't have any accountability. No one's holding me accountable. So I forgot. And then a year goes by and you're like, we should do that again. So they started as annual reviews. <laughs> you know, the quarterly, we started as, it was no reviews. Then it was an annual 
And then slowly but surely, it became a more regular rhythm. And, and it really just came down to, you know, I had nobody holding me accountable, Dr. Stephen. I had nobody telling me to do this. My team wasn't expecting. I never set the expectation that we would do it. I never said like, every quarter, I'll meet with you. It wasn't until I started bringing in doctors and I recognized that you know, this was a different type of relationship and I needed to handle it differently. And when I started really having associates coming on board and I realized, you know what, this is a professional. This is a doc. They, they're basically me. Like we're the same. I only thing is I, I happen to own this practice, but other than that, we're the same. So I, I want to, how would I want to be treated? I really started thinking about what would be, what would I want? in this type of a relationship. And I found that, you know, we had, we were religious about our weekly meetings, religious about our daily health, religious about our weekly trainings, everything like that. But this was one of those moments that really changed me because what happened was when I started to meet with doctors and the team individually, I began to really connect with them. I actually, like I saw the human being in front of me. They stopped being a tool for me to, to help me achieve my goals. And they became a human being. And it really brought the human element into my practice, which I think I really needed. I was, I struggled with empathy in early on in my career, empathetic connection. What's that, man? You sit down, you listen. I got some things I want to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like that Pete was the same guy in the team meetings, the same guy in the stuff. And all of a sudden it was like, you know what? That guy's got to change. Cause that wasn't working in my marriage. It wasn't working with my team. It wasn't working with patients. So, I mean, it worked, but it really didn't work. So I think this became like a real internal transformation. Like I had to transform. I had to become a different person. I had to become a different leader. And so this was really a test of my own character, my own maturity. And it was like, you know what? I had to face my fears. I had to face my shortcomings. Like you had to be able to look at a team member in the eye and then be able to tell you if you're not leading well. And you got to face the facts. And sometimes I think we don't want to do it because we're avoiding finding out what's really going on. And whether it was, hey, I want to raise or I'm leaving or whatever. A lot of it's just us facing our my lack of leadership. So, Stephen, that, this is, man, this really is a rubber hits the road conversation, like I said at the beginning. And, man, it exposes, it, you expose yourself. You become vulnerable. It's a very vulnerable moment. And they get the opportunity to do that same. And you've got to be courageous enough to be able to have that moment with them. And I think it's just, it's the, the, but the potential that comes out of this is just so huge. So it's so important. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. One of our core values at The Remarkable Practice is innovation. And that's one reason why we love partnering with SCED, who is dedicated to helping chiropractors connect and communicate better by using innovative technology that's easy to use. SCED allows chiropractors to connect to every patient through their mobile phone like never before, increasing conversion, retention, and reactivations all with less work. Software can seem complicated to start, so the team at SCED does all the work to get you set up and running as quickly and efficiently as possible. SCED does the hard work for you. To request a demo, go to www.sked.life. That's S-K-E-D dot life. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. So I'm going to share a couple of best practices because I want to, I want to have this conversation in the context of understanding what we're, what we're even talking about. Like, what is a quarterly review? What's it look like, sound like? you know, what are you talking about, et cetera, right? So just from a super high level, here's the punchline. 
you don't have to do these anymore, right? So you don't own this. This is an office manager function, right? So this is your, truly, this is the COO function. So you guys have heard us say before that there's an ascension on your team, right? So a team member might go from back office CA to office manager. They go from running the practice. When they take on the team and running the team, they become the office manager. When they go from the office manager to the COO, it means they start running the business, right? So you go from running the business to running the team to running the business, excuse me, running the practice to running the team to running the business, right? So as the office manager or COO, they would run the team. So they run the quarterly reviews. Now, you're not totally off the hook. You should be at these meetings, right? So I hate to should all over you, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is a high leverage point, right? So I want to make sure that you recognize the value in you sitting in on these quarterly reviews. Number one, it keeps the pulse on the business, keeps the pulse on the person and the responsibility, keeps your connection. And what an efficient way for you to build in something like, man, I'm not going to go more than 90 days without meeting with my team members and making sure that they feel like they're heard, that, that I am in on these pivotal conversations, right? That I am actually relevant to the leadership of this team, right? So if you airdrop into these meetings every 90 days, it's what it's going to do, it's going to force the function of you being involved in this conversation without having to really prepare for that conversation, without having to execute or follow up on it, right? So that's really the weight of these doing these quarterly reviews right. So this is owned by your COO or your office manager. They happen every quarter. They're done individually. There's three people in the room. There's you, your office manager, and the team member, right? So it's not a pop quiz. They know this is coming, right? So they're to prepare for it as well. So you've got to get everybody prepared, right? So you get on your office manager and make sure that they are prepared for these quarterly reviews. And then on the same, in your same page meeting, they will bring you up to speed before you hold the quarterly review. So you're not blindsided by anything. So every week you're together with your office manager. This would be a great topic for your same page meeting where they're like, okay, so Dr. Pete has his quarterly review this week. Here are the highs, here are the lows. These are the things that we're going to go over with him. This is his scorecard. These are his responsibilities. This is where we're going to have him focus. These are his KPIs. These are his goals, you know, and maybe we're talking about the future with him. In other words, he's going to take on some more responsibility this way. And it's, you know, because he's going to take on more responsibility, add more value, let's increase his compensation, right? So there's a whole conversation that would happen before you even got into that meeting. But again, it's the office manager bringing you up to speed on that, right? So then you attend that meeting and you want to make sure that you show up and there are tools at hand, right? So these things are written down and they are organized by your office manager, right? So a couple of key things you want to make sure that you have on hand, the tools that will run this individual meeting, you want to make sure that they have their scorecard, right? So they want to have their last scorecard from last quarter and their next scorecard for the next quarter, right? So we want to be able to assess, plan, prepare, execute, assess, right? The appear process. So we want to assess where did we win? What did we learn from last quarter? That's going to come off of their scorecard. And based on what we learned from what we how we assessed last quarter, we're going to set our goals for next quarter. Again, every person on a team gets a scorecard. Everyone has the three to five KPIs that are relevant to the role or the function that they play in the business. These are the activities that fall underneath that function or your role or your responsibilities. This is how we measure them. So they create KPIs and we are setting goals on those KPIs or key performance indicators, right? So everybody's totally on the same page. Everybody sees it. And it's simply, you know, we've already reviewed these at the in group when we were together at the board meetings. Now I want to get your 
your confirmation, Dr. Pete. Do you see how we have arrived at those goals? Do you agree that that's in your wheelhouse? In other words, under your responsibilities, do you understand how we arrived at that measurement, that KPI? Do you understand how you influence that outcome? Do you agree with the goal that we set? Do you feel that that's a great stretch goal? It's achievable, right? So you want to have that conversation and have them sign off on it. Conversations that come out of there, they might say things like, yep, I'm all in, or you know what? Can I push back? The pushback might be, I don't know if that number's achievable, right? So here's what I propose. Or I don't know if that's the right thing to focus on. I'm going to suggest we focus on these activities and this KPI, and let's say it goes around that. Dr. Pete, super rich conversation. And man, talk about doing your job as the CEO, getting to the point where you say, this is what's important now, and this is what will be important next. I mean, you just laid down a whole lot for everybody. So let me pull it back and just kind of review a few things that you said I think are really important that really stood out to me. Number one is this doesn't have to be done by or owned by you. It can be, should be owned ultimately by your COO, but you should be there. You should be there. It's really important, guys. Really important to understand this. So we like to talk in a framework of done by you, done with you, done for you. So I think one of the best practices is that you should have had a season or a time where you've done it, right? So you actually have the ability to do it. And you've kind of set the framework, like this is generally how I would like it to be done. I'm not saying it can't be done better. And you're not going to bring a COO that says, oh, Dr. Pete, I took what you did and I made it great. I want that, right? We want them to take what we do and make it better. But it should have been at some point done by you at some point. So that's how we start. And then it's done with you. So what with you looks like is this. It looks like initially you lead and your COO is your shadow. They're part, your, your partner in crime. They're your, your passenger seat. So they're your wingman or they're your co-pilot and you pilot it the first round, maybe the first round or two, then you flip and then they become the driver and you become the co-pilot. And that's kind of how it stays from there on out. So you're there as a other wingman, you're there to support, you're there to listen. And like you said, doc, it saves so much time. You said it, I was like, oh, that's really good, which is you don't have to do all these follow-up texts and calls and be like, tell me about what went on with this person and that person and this one. And then it becomes a Oh my God, everybody's working way harder and not smarter. So this is, you want to be really efficient here, really effective. That was huge. So attending that, it'll save you so much time. Number two, you brought up, which is so powerful, which is the CEO, COO, same page meeting. This is a time where you prepare for these meetings. So there's no surprises. If you want these meetings to be powerful, don't be, no surprises. Go in ready, go in ready. And guess who's going to get the most value out of you being prepared? Your team member. They're going to feel so much more loved and so much more appreciated and valued if you've actually taken time to really think about prepare for the meeting. And you, again, also have them prepare for the meeting as well, which we know how done. it's being done through the scorecard. So they come with their scorecard completed, ready for this meeting. And they because they've attended the board meeting, because the entire team attends, they also have visibility into where we're going as a business. And they know their role by now they generally are going to have an idea of probably what I'm going to have to do to get there. So team members show up to the meeting prepared and you can give them some homework, quote unquote, to do in preparation for their quarterly review board meeting so that it becomes just a really powerful moment for everybody who's coming to that meeting. So again, when this becomes the culture, this becomes the expectation, this becomes the standard with which we set, it raises the bar. And this is how we Again, A players, like you said, A players need goals. They won't tolerate an environment without goals. I'll tell you what else they won't tolerate. They won't tolerate a meeting, a time where they don't get to meet with their, the people that are overseeing them or they're working with and for. They won't tolerate that either. You leave them out, they're like, 
I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else because they, they need to be heard. They want to be on the same page. They want to know like what's going to, what's expected of me. And they want to know, if, am I hitting my goals? What do I, can I achieve that? Can I exceed that? Am I being recognized and rewarded? How is that going to happen? Do I have opportunity to grow here? I mean, they're asking you those questions. They're asking themselves those questions. And I want them to say, this is a place for you to be able to have those questions answered and for us to directly, you know, handle that. It's a huge point, man. What you just said, I want to reiterate that A players require this type of meeting rhythm. They require this type of visibility. They require this type of accountability, right? They require these types of communications. And then there's everyone else. There's B players, C players, and D players who dread quarterly reviews. They dread having this meeting. They dread having this type of visibility and accountability, right? So if you're looking for that continued litmus test of saying A players only on your team, the A players absolutely require this and they won't tolerate not having it. They'll leave, okay? Then you'll be stuck with the B, C, and D players who absolutely are allergic to this type of accountability in this type of environment, right? So that's just another way for you to just to be filtering your team, be able to say, man, I want to set up the environment where I'm attracting and collecting A players and deflecting away those B, C, and D players. So just a couple other just vital behaviors to bring to this meeting is making sure that on that same page, meaning your office manager, CEO is collecting up those issues, the issues list, right? So you bring any issues in. Now, issues aren't necessarily negative things, right? So these issues are, okay, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. So we show up prepared and, you know, we always know it when somebody shows up to a meeting, they're either ill-prepared, which, you know, just derails the meeting's energy from the beginning, or they're fully prepared, right? And it's like, wow, I'm going to up my game. I'm going to level up. So you know which side of the camp you want to be on on that one, right? So make sure that you're bringing any issues that need discipline. If there's a discipline issue, right? So we have guardrails around our office policies and how to lead our team, right? So we have a team that recognizes we're on a mission right? And we're going to act like it, right? So there are guardrails to protect those behaviors. If anybody's out of integrity, we bring discipline to it. And you're going to document that and make sure that you know going into it, what you're going to be talking about, how are you going to address it? And your office manager addresses it. So now there's a third party communication. There's a triangular comment communication going on here. And then you document it and it goes in there file. Remember, that's the fourth crucial communication in the crucial communications energy equation is having guardrails and discipline, right? Fastest way to suck the energy out of a team is to not address those things that require discipline. And then finally, looking at the future, future pacing. Is this person, are we shifting their role? Are we moving this person from one role to the next? Are they moving around the team? Are they moving up? Are they taking on more responsibilities and therefore getting a promotion? And with that promotion, as they take on more responsibilities, they're adding more value to the business. And that's where they would be considered for a raise, right? So this is where we would incentivize them, increase their salary, their hourly wage, and or lay the bonuses out in front of them and talk about those sorts of things. So remember, we don't just reward people for sticking around for another 90 days. We want to make sure that we see that money follows value. And we want everybody on the team to recognize, like, you want to make more money? That's awesome. I want you to make more money. Money follows value. How are you going to add more value to this business? Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. 
Chiro Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. Genesis Chiropractic Software and Billing Network harnesses artificial intelligence and automation to improve collections, patient retention, compliance, and staff efficiency. Being in the cloud for over 16 years allows Genesis to take advantage of artificial intelligence, provides the practice with a more accessible and secure system, allows for more seamless integrations with other technologies, and ensures you will always have access to the latest technology available on the market. Genesis Single Point Management harnesses AI and workflow automation in order to optimize the overall patient experience. For the practices that use Genesis Single Point Management as compared to all other systems, they see an increase in revenue, cash, and insurance of 62%, patient retention 26%, compliance 32%, and 33% more staff efficiency. To schedule a risk-free demo, go to www.genesischiropracticsoftware.com. That's genesischiropracticsoftware.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Again, Dr. Stephen, this is such an important topic. And I think you said this right at the beginning. This is, again, part of the board meeting conversation. The reason why is, is because it's built into our quarterly rhythm. It's built into that, that rhythm. A couple of things just to say here is that one, you talked about boundaries and protecting the sacredness of the space of each meeting and why each one honor you know, is there and exists. One of the things that I found with issues and things like that, one of the things that I've found is that sometimes through a quarter, you might want to address something with a player. And you're saying, when's the appropriate time to do this? This is one of those times where this is where if you've been wanting to connect with your team member on something and you're looking for the right time, this is how you create value to creating boundaries in your business to keep the main thing all the time is you know that you have a time where you've dedicated to meet with somebody. So for example, instead of having to have all these side meetings and fires and firefighting and all this stuff, and everybody's saying, hey, can I talk to you about something? And hey, I got this thing. They know they've got a time to meet with you as the CEO or COO. There's an appropriate time where you bring stuff up like that. Because otherwise, every week, you're going to have some team member sending an email saying, hey, I want to talk about this. I'm having this issue. I have this challenge. I want to bring this up. And unless it's an emergency, which is, I would say, a, you know, a quadrant one, you know, important and urgent. It's probably going to be a, a quadrant a quadrant two activity, which is important but not urgent. So, meaning it can wait, and there's an appropriate time and place for this. So, the appropriate time and place, if you want to have peace in your house, these rhythms actually create a level of peace and order amongst the troops, so that everybody knows they have a place where they're going to be able to bring up their stuff that they want to bring up. There's a, a specific day and time and place for that. And it's really important as your team grows and expands and, and, you, and, and that you know that there's a time and they know that there's a time and appropriate place and time to have certain conversations and, and deal with certain things. Because I don't want my team meeting to get derailed by somebody's personal issue. And that will happen. I don't want my daily huddle getting freaking invaded by some issue. No, 
there is a time and a place, appropriate time and place for this. And this is why, Dr. Steele, I just want to say this. You have your quarterly review, but you also have your monthly meetup or monthly check-in. And so those are kind of two places for you to have these moments with a team where the scorecard is the tool that drives the meeting. So it's actually data-driven. It's, it's very objective. But yet we get to also handle the issues. So you've got the monthly meetup, which is a monthly check-in that your COO will have with each individual. And that's already blocked as well in the schedule, a shorter meeting. And you might not attend those. And then you have your quarterly review, which is, again, a time to assess the three months of performance and to plan and prepare and set the goals and targets and objectives and actions for the next 90 days. Knowing I'm not going to leave you hanging and just see you in three months from now, we're going to check in each month to check in and see how you're doing. So remember, this is part of the chiropractic operating system. It's a system. And it's a part of this whole meeting rhythm system that's just beautiful that when it's being executed appropriately, it leaves very little room for error. And even if the relationship has to end and someone is going to move on to bigger and better things, you know what? There's no surprises. We just, we worked our way to this agreement that, you know what? It's best that this relationship goes its separate way. But I'll tell you, if you want to have graceful and profitable exits of your people, build this rhythm in because eventually when they go, I'd rather it be on a high and it be really well done and well executed than have these crash and burn moments with your people. Don't wait for that to happen. So Dr. Steven, I mean, that that was kind of the last thing I wanted to say on this. I just feel like, you know, from a relationship standpoint, it's just, it just protects so much of the relationship long-term. Yep, exactly right. All right, we'll wrap it there, guys. So these reporting systems and meeting rhythms are just so critical. This, of course, being the cornerstone meeting rhythm, the quarterly review. When we talk about taking your business from a three-year and three-month view, when we talk about a quarterly perspective, these quarterly meetings, the board meetings and the individual quarterly review. This is day one of every quarter and day 90 of every quarter, right? So these are the bookends that create the visibility that you desire as a business owner and the accountability that will drive productivity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.